Hey folks, and welcome to the Blue Light Podcast. This is a place to discover all you need to know about the police recruitment process, whether you are in the United Kingdom or anywhere in the world. But I mostly focus on England and Wales. So I'm Brendan from Blue Light, and over the past several years, actually for over 30 years now, I've been coaching and supporting people to succeed both within the police service for specialist interviews and promotion boards, and more recently over the past several years for the police recruitment process, where thousands of you have had my support and i so love keep them going folks i so love seeing the photographs that you send me via email and messenger of you at your passing out parades your attestation just looking proud in your uniform amazing keep them going it's something i it's just an honor and a privilege to be part of your journey so in this episode i'm going to talk about um the new online assessment process uh, but more in particular, I'm going to talk about uh, what forces are doing to wrap something around that, uh, because during the online assessment process that candidates are having to take part in in England and Wales, there's no human interaction. So stage one is a situational judgment test, multiple choice. How would you deal with this type of situation? Not too difficult, not too challenging. The interview is not really an interview because you are going to be uploading answers to questions to some software. There's no one at the other end. So it's not really an interview. Stage three is a written exercise where you've got up to two hours to write about some constabulary conundrum. And stage three of the briefing, the stage three briefing exercise, this is where you will talk for a total of 36 minutes across 12 questions where you've got three minutes to answer each question. And again, you just upload them. There's no one at the other end. So there's no human interaction. Nothing. Zilch, as my little eight-year-old boy would say. Um, and I find this quite surprising. But then again, I'm going to give the College of Policing a break because they have to put all of this together really quickly. But there's no human interaction. And this is for a role where human interaction is everything. I can think of few roles in society where you don't need so much, so much in a way, skills to be able to deal with human people with people i mean it's all about people i remember a superintendent of mine told me this years ago when i was an inspector and i was saying what a tough day that was and i told him all about it and it was all involving people and he went you know brendan it's just about people everything you do is about people and so what forces are doing now they did this before many of them but now they're doing it i think e- even more because they need to be able to trust the process you know having someone walk through the gates on their first day and saying hello to them you know that should not be the first contact you've had with this candidate you should be having a lot more contact with them to make sure they're the right person for this role i mean the police don't owe you a living you've got to work hard for it you've got to prepare for it you've got to make sure your values are aligned there is a lot to this and so what i'm seeing now is a lot of forces um doing a sort of wrap around um assessment process which involves normally um a, an interview via Uh, Microsoft Teams or via Zoom or via Skype for one or two forces by telephone. You know, it's still not worked out modern technology and they're still using phones to do interviews. Now, while the College of Policing are using Launchpad, which is very remote, involves, it's very clinical, it doesn't involve people. A lot of forces now are, are really going for it in terms of asking tough questions around your values. And so this is something I think you need to prepare for. 
and I'm going to give you a few tips on the sort of questions that you might get asked and what you can do to start preparing for these questions. By the way, before I continue, I've got to do a shameless plug. Actually, I've got two shameless plugs today. I'm going to do them now and I'm going to do them later, and I hope you don't mind. But the first one is an invite to the Blue Light Police Recruitment Facebook support group, an amazing community. It's got over 11,000 members now. And just over the past 28 days, 35,000 posts, comments, and reactions. Can you believe that? 35,000 post comments and reactions we've got some amazing moderators and some amazing people in the group who are serving police officers probably a few thousand people in the group who have gone through the process are serving police officers some of them are people who i worked with years ago so it's amazing to have them on the group uh, to be able to advise and support you and there's only a very small proportion of the posts that we have to remove i mean seriously it's less than sort of point zero zero one percent because they're just not appropriate for the group so it's a great group the invite is in the link. Click on it. Please do join us. Become part of that amazing community. The second... No, I'll tell you about the second shameless plug later. Anyway, back to the interview. So, one of the things I think that people do, which is a huge mistake in their preparation, is they follow the guidance that they tend to get from the force or the College of Policing or you know, no matter where it is in the world. I've heard the same thing repeated over and over again. Just be yourself and act naturally. Well, yes, to a certain extent. You know, I've heard things like, oh, you'll be fine, you just need to be yourself, just act naturally. And it kind of implies that you don't need to do any kind of preparation whatsoever, which is far from the truth. You know, the one thing I advocate, you know this from listening to previous podcasts, is how you need to practice, 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 practice. And when you think you've practiced enough, you haven't. Practice more. The hard work is in the rehearsal. The day of your performance, it should be easy. I mean, it should be a little bit challenging. You should have your heart going a little bit. But it should be you having a conversation with one of your future co-workers because they're going to put you in front of people who are operational leaders. I know of very few forces that rely on HR staff to recruit police officers. And the person in front of you is going to be someone like me. I mean, years ago, I was that operational inspector who used to do the interviews. And like all my colleagues, we were looking for a certain type of individual because it doesn't matter what's on the marking guide. What we're really thinking in the back of our heads, actually the forefront of our heads is, can I see this person working with me on my team? Because if I say yes to them, there's every chance that once they've finished their initial training, they will be on my team. Or if you're a detective inspector or in a specialist role, you'd still be thinking that, well, once they've got through their time as a student officer, they can apply for specialist roles. They might apply for my team and I might be working with them in a few years' time. So I've got to make sure that this person is a good fit for the force. And generally, police forces do not put their duffers in front of candidates. Years ago, I had a, I'd been at three forces and when I went from Bermuda Police to Greater Manchester Police, I had a superintendent in front of me and someone from HR. And the superintendent, I'm sorry, he was just off his head. Um, he was banging his fist on the table, shouting at me about how I'm using the police service to suit my own personal needs, swanning around from force to force, from Cheshire to Bermuda, the beaches of Bermuda. Who the, who the hell do you think you are? He'd already offered me the position, but he just went off on one. I rather suspect that he'd applied for the Bermuda Police years ago and he'd got knocked back. Well, things have changed. I mean, after the interview, and I've been told I was successful, 
the woman from HR came out and apologised for him and said, I'm really sorry about this behaviour. It's just unacceptable. And I was thinking, what on earth is this force all about? What's going on here? So that tends not to happen. That was in 1992, but that tends not to happen anymore. What forces tend to do now is they put their best people in front of you as a candidate because their best people are probably the best judges of character. And so what are they looking for in that character? Well, there's a phrase I use over and over again. This isn't about being natural and being yourself. It's about presenting the best version of your real, authentic and emotional self. Let's just reflect on that phrase. The best version of your real, authentic and emotional self. So they don't want to hear cliches. They don't want to hear buzzwords from the competency framework. I've read so many books, not just for the police sector, for other sectors as well, uh, where they say that, you know, study the values and the skills and the attributes and the competences that are required for the role and, and use phrases from that in your answer. And I just don't get where that advice is coming from, because I have never heard an interviewer say to me, and I've never said this myself, I've never come out of an interview and said to my colleagues, you know, that was a fantastic interview. That was a candidate who knew the competency and values framework inside and out. I mean, she was brilliant. She could use all the phrases from the competency and values framework. And I love those cliches. It's something that I've never heard any interviewer say. And I'm absolutely convinced this applies to every sector. Because, you know, they're real people. And as soon as you start talking like you... You know, you're not really that person. As soon as you start talking that nonsense, they're going to tune out. I used to tune out. I used to think, oh, not again. You know, someone telling me why they want to join the police. They just want to help people and put something back into the community. And no two days are the same. I mean, who are you trying to kid? It's a challenging role where I'll have to work with partner agencies in a collaborative way. Who are you trying to kid? I mean, actually, don't insult me. I'm giving up a day of my time to interview future candidates and you come and insult me by just talking competency bibble-babble and BSing me with cliches. I'm sorry, you're not going to be on my team because I'm the gatekeeper. I'm the person that's going to decide whether you are the right sort of person for this force to work in my constabulary and possibly to work on my team. Because just two nights ago, you know, at four o'clock in the morning, my team had to act as a really tight body. We had some serious challenges to deal with and everyone got stuck in. Everyone gave 120% without being asked to do so. And they were amazing. And I can't see you being part of that team because of the way you talk. So don't do it. I don't care what the books say. I don't care what all of those books say about how to get that job. I rather suspect that they're authored by people who have not spent decades on the front line of whatever role it is. When I look at some of the backgrounds, I see that they've spent 20 years in HR and some some of the, I mean, great, they've done a great job in HR, but they've not been on the front line of whatever organisation it is that you're applying for. I've been on that front line. I've been on that front line for most of my career for almost three decades in a number of forces. And my colleagues who do the interviewing as well, they're the same. They've been on the front line, and they are on the front line, and they won't tolerate you talking like uh, you've swallowed the competency, skills, and attributes framework for whatever police force you're applying for. And so 
your real authentic and emotional self. It needs to be you. I'm interested in you. I'm interested in your values. I'm interested in what motivates you. I'm interested in what you stand for. What you prepare to stand for. What is it other people would say about you that is your positive attribute, that the, the thing that's going to make you such an amazing police officer? This requires a bit of soul-searching. And do you know, you need to work for this. This is an amazing career. Once you've got that badge in your pocket, you've got it for life. Even when you retire, you've still got it for life. You know, you're always going to be in some shape or form. Police, it's going to be in your DNA. And that's something to be proud of. And it's an amazing, amazing career. There's nothing like it. It is the best job in the world. Seriously. When they talk about it being the best job in the world, it is the best job in the world. It will define you as a person in many ways. Um, you know, it's not going to consume you, but it's going to be a big, big part of your life. And so I want to make sure that the role goes to the right people. So how am I going to do that? Well, increasingly now, forces are asking a lot of questions about your values and what you stand for. Sometimes they call them strength-based questions, so questions along the lines of, you know, what values do you believe in? What would other people say about you as being your most positive attribute? What skills do you feel you can bring to this constabulary? And once you're in, what, if you were to be successful and once you're in, what is it you believe you could do to add to our mission? You know, these are tough questions. You've got to prepare for them. And then there's the big question, why do you want to join the police? And why this force? And this is where we've got to be absolutely devoid of cliches. Tell your story. Tell your unique story. Develop this narrative from, you know, don't start by saying, I've always wanted to join the police. No, you have not. No, you haven't. You've not always wanted to join the police. At some point, all you're interested in is sucking your dummy and pooping in your nappy. <laughs> you know, you've not always wanted to join the police. But seriously, you know, most people start having this idea of what their future is going to look like once they've developed a lot more as a child, as a young person, and for some people as an adult. So don't start off with a cliche like that. You know, start off with the seeds. Start, start off with that, that moment where something or someone happened. And I can guarantee there's something. You know, I've coached hundreds of people, thousands, and I've asked them this question. And they've always said, I, you know, I just don't know. I don't know what the initial motivation was. Um, it's just always been there. Well, no, it hasn't. Because I'll dig deep and I'll ask really, really challenging questions so that they can go back into their past and, and find that time. And we'll spend time on this. And invariably, they'll come back and say, actually, there was this moment when and something will have happened that involved the police. Or more recently, there's one of my clients, um, she was like, I have no idea, I'm sorry, I've got no idea. And we had to leave it for a day. And we came back the next day. And she came back and said, do you know what it was? One of my best friends, um, her mother was a police officer. And I used to see her in a sort of half uniform when I went round to her house, either before she was going to go to work or after she'd come back. And she was amazing. And she was amazing because, there you go, there's the seed. That's where it was planted this this idea of being a police officer this 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 journey that you're going to be on the seed was planted then so that's almost like a this is your opening chapter to your story so if you think about it starting with once upon a time um no don't say that at the interview but 
once upon a time I was at my friend's house when it just dawned on me and there you go don't say once upon a time but that's that's your first chapter now what a lot of people do then is they just leave it there and they just sort of right move on to and here I am now well what have you done in the meantime what are all the other chapters so what sort of things have you done to develop this idea that you want to be a police officer what have you done to prepare in terms of developing this insight into what the role really involves what have you done to develop your skills and don't just say that i decided to do a level law because i knew this would help me no i want to hear about what have you done to develop yourself as a person what have you done to develop yourself as a person because being a police officer isn't just about qualifications it's not about having a policing degree it's about how you manage your relationships with people it's how you stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves there's a great phrase i heard from a chief inspector no it's a superintendent actually a superintendent in west yorkshire police uh, years ago on twitter and uh, I borrowed it with pride and he gave me permission to do so. Uh, but it was a lovely phrase. And if I've said this before, forgive me, but I'll say it again. I'm going to repeat lots of stuff until you really get it. But this was such a wonderful phrase. What he said on Twitter was, I'm looking forward today to interviewing future, ca- future police officers for West Yorkshire Police. And what I'm looking for is strong characters. I'm looking for strong characters because strong characters can stand up for themselves. And I thought, yeah, right, okay, yeah, I get that. Now, five minutes later, he tweeted, actually, what I'm really looking for is I'm looking for the stronger character. Because the stronger character stands up for those who can't stand up for themselves. And I thought, oh, that was beautiful. I'm going to have to borrow that. And so I'm sharing that learning with you now. Are you the stronger character that stands up for those who can't stand up for themselves? And this goes all the way back to the Peelian Principles. Sir Robert Peel, the founder of the police service in 1829, admired and revered the world over. He said something in his principles about the role of the police is to offer friendship to all, no matter what their social background or their standing is. So are you that kind of person? Have you got this in your DNA? Have you, have you developed these values to the point where you are sat in front of me now? So when you're asked that question, why do you want to be a police officer? Don't be going all cliched on me. Think about your narrative. Think about your story. Think about developing this compelling story which is unique to you, the real, authentic, and emotional you. Because when you start talking, uh, you know, it's a challenging role. I want to put something back into the community. I just want to help people. Yeah, great. Everyone's saying that. So how does that make you unique? How does that make you the person who they can look at and think, do you know, they're not like me, but I can really see them fitting in. And so, um, you know, that's, I can't over, over, um, I I can't go into the importance of this too much. It's just so important. You've just got to get this right. So there's so many other areas as well, which they're going to ask you questions about. And the one thing I found in this country, uh, just England and Wales, is there's 48 forces, there's 43 um, sorry, in the United Kingdom's 48 forces, um, 43 Home Office forces, and then you've got the likes of British Transport Police, Civil Nuclear Constabulary, Ministry of Defence Police, Police Scotland, Police Service of Northern Ireland. I suppose I could extend that and say we've got States of Jersey, States of Guernsey, we've got Isle of Man Police, and they are all their own jurisdictions, and they all have their own unique way of wrapping around this sort of interview. It's not a final interview. A lot of forces are now introducing this before an online assessment process. 
but it's going to be testing and it's going to be like 45 minutes to an hour long there's only one force i know that has an interview which is about 30 minutes long i mean seriously 30 minutes to decide whether you're the right person to invest in I mean, just in terms of your salary and pension alone, you're going to cost over £2 million if you do your full career. So 30 minutes to decide that? An hour at least. Um, Got to make sure you get the right person. So you're going to have to do a lot of talking, and they're going to ask you other questions about commercial awareness. So, you know, what the challenges this force is facing, how we're meeting them, what is our strategic vision for this force, what is the overall strategic vision for the police service of England and Wales, if it's England and Wales or Scotland. What values are important to a police officer and why? What values are important to you and how are those values going to be add to our collective, if you like? Competency type questions. Tell me about a time when you work with others to solve a problem. Tell me about a time when you made a difficult decision or you've had to account for that decision to others. Tell me about a time when you've done the right thing when it would have been easier just to turn the other way. Tell me about a time when you've managed change or supported someone through a difficult time. These are all common, common, common competency questions. How are you How are you going to answer them? And then there's the what-if type questions as well. So uh, I'd like you to imagine that you're a constable in a year's time and you've just finished your student officer phase and you're out with your tutor constable and... You go to a fast food outlet to pick up some refreshments and your colleague appears not to pay for them. There's just a nod and a wink and he takes his food and walks off. What are you going to do? Or you're at the scene of a burglary at a sweet shop at a confectionery and you've been there for about two hours and your colleague just goes, do you know I'm starving and picks up a Mars bar or a Twix or something and says, uh, they won't mind because, you know, I've been here before and he's a good bloke, the owner. What are you going to do? They're going to present you with little conundrums. These aren't massive conundrums. These aren't huge corruption cases, but they're the sort of things that you might come across. Not on a daily basis, but every now and then, something might happen. And so they want to know how you would deal with this particular issue. Or someone says something that is, um, you know, sexist. How are you going to deal with that? And when I say sexist, I don't mean something that's terribly sexist or racist or whatever. They, they might just say, well, you know, people like that on that estate. Or, well, you know when you know when they lie, don't you? Because they just open their mouth. Or even just something like um, referring to the girls in the office. You know, these, some of them, actually, some of the things I mentioned there are actually terribly racist things or terribly sexist things. But they're, they're going to present things to you which are the sort of things that they want to eradicate in the service that still exists that there's still some issue with and remember the police service is on a journey and you're going to be part of that journey certainly for the police service of the united kingdom i know it's held in high esteem because i've worked abroad and i've done work recently with the european union with forces from all over the european union and from not just um, forces but universities uh, academics and people who are responsible for uh, improving the relationship between police and communities. Uh, I spent three years on, as an in, on the International Advisory Board of an incredible project, and I know from talking to people from multiple forces all over Europe how much they admire the British Police Service. I remember them once saying, yeah, but you've had a head start on us. You had Robert Peel in 1829. And I just thought, oh my goodness, this guy was such a visionary. Honestly, look at his Peelian principles. This should be part of your DNA. 
And so there's far, there's far more. There's all sorts of other questions I could ask you. Um, Strength-based, uh, what else have we covered? Uh, commercial awareness. Uh, the sort of uh, what operations are we running at the moment? Why are we doing them? How do we work in partnership with other organisations and why? There are so, so many different questions that are being asked. And there's, there's the unique approach of some forces, like Northumbria Police at the moment, uh, going to only ask you about four areas. This isn't four questions. This is four areas. Leadership, resilience, teamwork, vulnerability. These are really deep subjects. Leadership, resilience, teamwork, vulnerability. You're going to have an interview which is going to be 45 minutes to an hour long to talk about four areas. That's a lot of talking. That's a lot of knowledge and understanding you need to have about those areas, not just about why it's important to a force, what's the force doing to promote these areas, and how you might have demonstrated leadership or resilience how you've demonstrated teamwork in the past in terms of vulnerability not how you've been vulnerable but how you might have supported someone who is vulnerable or needed support at some point in their life oh my goodness these are tough tough questions and you need to prepare for it and it's not just about preparing for the interview knowing what to say you've got to have the experience behind you and this is why i think forces are doing absolutely the right thing to wrap all of this around an assessment process going back to my original point which has no human interaction in it whatsoever and so there you go folks my thoughts for this week i hope you enjoyed listening to them and if you want to find out more about uh the interview process listen this is a shameless plug because today 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 i'm launching on my website a course that i've had in the back of my head for so long now i've been doing webinars for this for years but i've always thought you know an online course would really help people and so I've got, it's just over 20 videos now, just over 20 videos, over 10 hours, over 10 hours worth of my thoughts, my approaches, the structures to use on how to, how to be the best version of your real authentic self at the Enforce interview stage. And this would apply anywhere in the world. Honestly, it would apply anywhere in the world. So I'm so pleased to be able to launch that today. I'm going to put a link in the blurb attached to this podcast um i'd love to see you uh, on that course the online course it gives you access to a private facebook group we can exchange ideas and also there's an option to join a weekly webinar where i will interactively get you to practice and then we'll debrief it those webinars are amazing they get 10 out of 10 every time 10 out of 10 every time from every candidate without fail so apologies for the shameless plug but i'm just so excited that at last i've all my thoughts all that sort of 30 something years worth of experience is now in front of you on that online course so it's very special something i'm really proud of it's something i've been working on a lot over the past couple of years thinking about how i'm going to do it what areas we're going to cover and i'm already starting to add videos to it so in two months time it'll be over 30 videos so anyway there you go the the link is in the blurb please do join me uh, and, and please do also shameless plug for I don't even need to shamelessly plug it why shamelessly I'm just going to plug it because it's an amazing group the Blue Light Police Recruitment Facebook support group of 11,000 members 35,000 posts, comments and reactions come and join that this is where you'll be part of a very special community of people wanting to join the police and people who have succeeded in their police journey who are prepared to help people just like you okay folks well listen let me know what you thought of this podcast um i shall see you no i won't see you you'll hear from me soon i'll catch up with you next week bye bye for now <laughs>